ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌಭನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯ ಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ the topic of uh, patterns and how how one deals with them in vedanta is an uh, advanced topic yeah because in the beginning one doesn't even know that there are patterns <laughs> so ingrained they are that they they are confused to be one's nature so there's the overlay of the nature which is what satchidananda <laughs> and the satchidananda is free to sport these patterns very sporting of it but if it is not if this is not understood you know we take the game too seriously one takes the game too seriously and one feels um that that overlay or that as though patina which is what is the word for patina in sanskrit adhyasa ah adhyaropa that is more appropriate when we take of talk of rope and snake ropa <laughs> ropa and snake <laughs> so what is interesting is that the patina is seen to be the reality by the observers outside the people who interact with the veneered jiva and by the observer inside too here the observer we are not talking of the sakshi per se but the ahankara which says this is who i am how many times you know people say this <laughs> how many times you know this word is familiar this is what i am i am as i am take me or leave me <laughs> this is who i am and then when you unpack this is who i am it's amazing what all comes out 
comes out means doesn't really belong. Totally, totally, you know, laughable if one is in a position to laugh. Or one can have a good cry over it first. <laughs> Before getting to the place of laughing. And, you know, so therefore this is an advanced topic because in the beginning that overlay is not noticed. And yesterday we talked about samskarya, you know, the action of cleaning the, the copper pot. But suppose the copper pot is tarnished and there's not a tamarind in sight to clean it <laughs> or a rind of a lemon. And it is, let us also assume, in conversation with, in the company of other equally tarnished copper pots, <laughs> you know, it has no way of knowing that this is even a patina, that this doesn't belong. This is not I. In fact, Anatma has as though taken over the Atma of the copper pot, the Anatma in the form of the tarnish, which is a result in the case of the copper pot, you know, due to exposure to the various elements. How we wish that was the case for <laughs> the human being also. It would be convenient. <laughs> as long as I'm in an insulated vacuum cupboard, I'm okay. <laughs> and it is the fault of it's the fault of all the elements and the people around that are making me tarnished. And so they need this lecture on, <laughs> on how not to contribute to my <laughs> to all these patinas and tarnishes. I don't need this lecture because I'm okay. Huh. And I wish it was so convenient. I wish it was like that so that we didn't have to worry about it. We can just point the finger, you know. Moving finger. <laughs> and then when all else fails, you point it up. I don't know why up. <laughs> they think Bhagavan is up somewhere. Up on high. So, that's why this is an advanced topic. Because the hope and... The expectation, I suppose, for one to be even interested in this topic and to want to listen to this is that one is A, in a place of recognizing that there is a patina. That's enough for us. <laughs> that there is a patina, paterna, whatever it is. <laughs> and B, even though one may not know immediately what it is and how, you know, it manifests all the time, there is a willingness 
to be able to observe it dispassionately these are the two criteria that come a little later in the study and this is in the case of the adhikaris adhikari means a person who is qualified for the study you know equipped with everything that we have studied so far a resolved mind this that so many things and uh, if we look at the ancient texts upanishads puranas etc and if we look at the adhikaris that we encounter there you know we see that there is a slight difference <laughs> you know and what is the difference ah ah <laughs> so they seem to be what in the shastra is called uttama adhikari uttama means exalted adhikaris meaning you know that before they come to the teacher the patina is not just recognized but eliminated <laughs> this is uttama adhikari so there is no point in talking of you know patinas because it's not there why spend time talking of something that's not there so they come you know brilliant as the sun and the teacher of course is brilliant as the sun and the teacher recognizes the the brilliance you know and they shine together tejasvinau adhitam astu <laughs> this is what we pray except it doesn't sound like that because the the grammar you know sandhis are different uh, you know it may not even sound familiar unless i chant it like this tejasvi navadita mastu <laughs> now yeah yeah i know that <laughs> i have heard of that <laughs> actually it is tejasvi now you know which means right now no <laughs> now it means for us adhitam our studies made the studies for us tejasvi astu adhitam may our studies be brilliant this is you know it is a it is a uh, prayer an express desire for the teacher and the student to work in harmony for the teaching to take place so that there is brilliance all over so the in the ancient times there was not the need for this so much perhaps as we see from the upanishads because you know i'm not trying to set up some kind of a romantic past some spiritual romantic past it was wonderful then and what's wrong with us now and no <laughs> so the reference to the ancient times is because we have the upanishads which talk about adhikaris in in you know who who were you know slightly different from the kinds that we encounter <laughs> now and and that's because 
the upanishad deals with the ideal types so that we have a standard to to follow and that's important because part of the problem in kali yuga in the current day is not having role models to follow you know the leadership is lacking <laughs> yeah to say the least you know wherever in everywhere you look there is so much wanting there's so much one is missing and so therefore you know the upanishads <coughs> give us amaitreyi you know upanishads give us garki lopa mudra yagyavalkya shvetaketu narada all these people that they are not meant for comparison you know when we start comparing ourselves to shweta ketu there are, there is reason for depression <laughs> immediately <laughs> because by modern standards shweta ketu needed only nine classes before he said he understood completely <laughs> only nine classes because he after the first class what we consider class i mean that only was three sentences but <laughs> let's be generous over here by <laughs> the time it's unpacked and unfolded and everything okay one class he said to his father who turned into his teacher bhuya eva bhagavan vignapayatu please oh sir revered sir can you please unfold that again because he didn't understand and then again and again and he only said this eight times that means nine classes <laughs> you know and so it's not meant for comparison because understand that when that comparison takes place what is it that that is doing the comparison is what needs to be addressed ah what is doing the comparison is part of that patina ah so instead characters in the upanishad <coughs> like yagyavalkya maitreyi shvetaketu etc are to be seen as role models to aspire to follow and that, then it is seen and understood in the way that it is meant so that we don't i don't know how else to say it run the pattern ah, in our study of the upanishad this is important so the upanishad has a wide array of uttama adhikaris some of them did not even need teaching <laughs> hardly like satyakama young fellow who goes to the teacher and he is very 
very very brilliant brilliant not just in the sense of having uh, what's the word for it brains or intellect brilliant in the sense of having hardly any ragadveshas a clear antahkarna transparent free of the fog of you know the overlay of patterns some of them very deep set and he was available for the knowledge but yet he was not spared from cow duty you know cow duty ah think about that <laughs> if he had to go to cow duty <laughs> what does it say for us ah so he goes to the teacher and he says i would like to gain this knowledge and the teacher hands him one cow just one cow he doesn't even know whether it's male or female and <laughs> he's told don't come back until it becomes 1000 you know and it's not just adding zeros one is there and i'll add three zeros no don't come back the teacher says i mean in other times we have seen the key to the cow shed is given for the student who was aspiring the key to how to run, <laughs> lead the life this is not the key to sachidananda it is the key to what the stables that's why it's called stable because that's where you go to get stability because <laughs> who goes in the stable is very unstable as a student <laughs> so here such a brilliant student and we don't know if it's the same satyakama in the other upanishad but it's it's sounds to be the same who was raised by a single mother jabala and who didn't know who his father was and he desired to go to the gurukula and you know to some kind of a open house where they were doing all kinds of interviews and he sought his mother's blessings he says i'm going to go i'd like to go but they'll ask the father's name who was my father who is my father she says i really don't know you've been busy working as a maid in so many people's houses i have no idea who your father is and he goes and in front of all the students and all the parents that had come to leave the students there when asked by the teacher what is your gotra what is your lineage what is who is your father he oh and the mother also tells him but you tell everybody that you are jabala's son and you take my last name from now on you are known as satyakama jabala perhaps the first instance of the mother giving her last name in history and he goes and he repeats exactly without any shame without any pride without any worries he just repeats it he says my mother worked in many people's houses so she doesn't know who the father is but she told me that she has raised me to be an honest boy and my name is satyakama jabala so for my last name you write my mother's name and the teacher is so happy 
he has tears in his eyes he embraces the young boy and he says if you are not qualified for this knowledge i don't know who is and then later on in 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 the same you know upanishad we see him you know asking the teacher for this knowledge presumably after studying the chanting and all these other things <coughs> doing the first portion of the veda and the teacher says this is a different story of the same boy perhaps and the teacher says don't come back till this one cow is 1000 and even someone as brilliant as satyakama sits down because he's a little depressed he's like <laughs> what is this when will this cow become 1000 <laughs> i hope it's pregnant we don't know <laughs> i hope it's expecting at least one baby <laughs> how am i going to go back you know but a lot of things come to his aid first he meets you know he he hears a strange kind of a ferocious meow and he wonders what it is and it's an injured lion with a big thorn or a nail in its paw that's getting septic and not a very nice sight because you know it's in pain but it's a lion and the lion tells him why are you looking so sad is <laughs> it a small cute boy <laughs> with a cow <laughs> why do you look so sad and he says because you know i have to make this cow into 1000 <laughs> and uh, you know he also perhaps said and maybe you are looking at it as your lunch <laughs> and where will i go so the cow says you know what we just grow mutually and uh, right now i have this thorn in my paw you remove you remove it and i'll teach you about brahman don't worry you want brahman i'll teach you a little bit and this brave boy goes and yanks out the nail out of the foot of the lion and he gets a little lesson in brahman whatever the lion knew and like this then he meets you know we have two three things like this then he meets a uh, crane with a fish bone stuck in its throat same thing a heron and he removes the bone and learns a little more about brahman and then he meets i forget the third one he, he also helps another animal or tree or plant in distress and gets another piece of this knowledge and then you know miraculously there is an abandoned herd of cows <laughs> and he looks to the left looks to the right is there anybody there who does it belong to and he watches them for a whole day and they don't seem to have an owner and he says come on boys and girls and they obediently follow him <laughs> and he goes to the teacher and the teacher is so thrilled with him and the teacher says you know your face shines with knowledge tell me what you know and he says no no you tell me what you know that's why i'm here <laughs> you know a very beautiful story and what we learn from this is that you know what patterns what habit 
you know, where? It's just, you know, the it's all to show that the teaching is not difficult. It's very simple. And life itself is a teacher in, in, in the sense of, uh, <clears throat> not Shweta Ketu, what's his name? Satya Kamas, uh, you know, encounters with the animals. The lion is a, you know, sign of ferociousness, anger, intractable emotions, which he conquered. He conquered the fear of those by attending to that. And the heron is a sign of, you know, uh, both patience because it waits for a long time and, and also a certain kind of a, um, avarice, greed, because it ate fast and <laughs> indiscriminately put things down its throat, could not assimilate, could not stomach it, you know. So, like this, you know, it's going, I mean, all that happens in a week in his life, but we have to see that this is a kind of a wonderful blueprint to show how one's encounter with all the things in the jagat, animate, inanimate, people, objects, are very important and can teach one to go deeper in this study, in this knowledge. So we'll come back to this a little later. But for now, you know, this is what is the Uttama Adhikari. The Uttama Adhikari appears to need only Shravanam. Shravanam eva Mukhya Sadhanam Mokshaya. Hmm? Understood, right? Yeah. So can I just talk in Sanskrit the rest of the talk? <laughs> yeah. Mukhya sadhanam, the primary means, mokshaya, for liberation, for freedom, from what? From these very, you know, sticky patterns that we are talking about. Very sticky. Like tar, you know. So, freedom from samsara is freedom from patterns. That's what reproduces samsara. It's a proliferation that is happening within the ahankara, not without. Within the antahkarana. And so, therefore, so mokshaya for liberation, from what? You know, from these patterns, shravanameva, alam, enough. Shravanam itself is enough, is a sufficient and necessary Cause for freedom from samsara. What is Shravanam? Listening, Listening to what? Music. Yeah. <laughs> ah. What kind of teachings? Yeah. The teachings handled, teachings of the Upanishad handled by somebody who has been taught. Ah, that is important. Because otherwise you just sit and listen to the teachings and nothing happens and then. That's because, you know, we have to look at how it is handled, if it is handled at all. So, that is enough for liberation. 
This is what we get from the Upanishads. That's why the Adhikaris don't appear to need anything else. Because the Upanishad is not trying to compare the Adhikaris and say, you know, we have Shweta Ketu, you don't have that and you know, you can never be Shweta Ketus and you know, down with the modern Adhikaris. That's not what the Upanishad is trying to say. Neither is the Upanishad trying to set up some kind of a uh, impossible act to follow. That's not its purport and its intention. The purport and intention of the Upanishad in repeatedly showcasing these Uttama Adhikaris, these exalted students of knowledge, is to drive home the fact that listening to Vedanta is, is the primary cause for freedom from bondage, from the notion of bondage, and is the sufficient cause, nothing more is needed, Shravanam is it. You know? Then, supposing someone says, Shravanam isn't enough. Ah. You know, there is a little scope to say that. Also, there is space made to say that. There is space made to see that because we see that clearly in Yagya Valkya and Maitreyi dialogue. Atma vai, Atma vai are drashtavyaha. Atma has to be seen, means as though clearly, as though you are looking at it. Not that you have to look at it, because you can't, it's you. But the Atma has to be clearly seen, as in clearly understood. Darshanaya kim kartavyam, what should I do to be able to, as though see it clearly? Atma va are shrotavyaha, are means honey, he's talking to his wife. Uh. So what should I do? In order to understand the Atma, I have to listen to it. And when that is not enough, so that should be enough because we see the example, you know, of Shweta Ketu, Satyakamas, so many, you know, students, Indra, Narada, everybody. We see them gaining this knowledge after, you know, one or two classes and getting up and going. <laughs> so, supposing the Shravanam is not enough, then obviously there is something in the way. There is something not quite right. With what? With the teacher? Possible. <laughs> if so, change the teacher. <laughs> and... Uh, but if the teacher, teacher is fine, there is no need to change, change the teacher, then what, you know? Then we have to see what is the inhibiting factor that is, that is standing in the way of my enjoying this knowledge. Atmavare mantavyaha mananam kartavyaha so do this thing called 
mananam, which is not instead of shravanam, because mananam without shravanam is dangerous. <laughs> mananam means mentation, <laughs> thinking and having opinions about the Upanishad. <laughs> without shravanam is is bad because. You know, that means you are trying to interpret the Upanishads with the same patina that you are wanting to get rid of. <laughs> How is that going to work? You know? So, mananam means, you know, the removal of what we talked yesterday, uh, or, you know, or day before, samshaya. You know, the word samshaya, sam, very well, Shaya, sleeping. Ah, we think of doubts as active. <laughs> and actively, you know, drilling a hole in the brain and not letting us concentrate and worrying and what not. But the Upanishad has its own way. The language has its own way of defining the word doubt. Doubt means where you're sleeping to your nature. That's all it is. Nicely sleeping to the reality that one is supposed to be living. Samyakshayanam, really. So samshaya is doubt and the removal of doubt is, you know, is an important process when the shravanam is not enough. Don't say when the shravanam does not work. It, it works. It's working. But, you know, it's like, uh, you know, one is not, uh, one is not like that Bob, you know, the one who has got a sponge. What is it? Ah. <laughs> ah. So, one is not like that sponge uh, to absorb. So, what if there is, instead of a sponge, there is something that is actually repelling the knowledge? <laughs> not only not absorbing, but repelling. Because there is a covering that whatever. And so that means the first way of dealing with this is doubt removal. Samshaya nivritti. And the doubt removal is always during, you know, asking questions, talking about what is one not understood. And usually the same people will have the same questions forever. <laughs> and we see this in Arjuna. Same question. The question that starts in the third chapter, beginning of the third chapter. Uh, <laughs> that's how it starts. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound like Sanskrit. I just see, I, I'm translating it. <laughs> I'm doing an emotional translation. <laughs> That's exactly how it sounds. karmanaste mata tatkim gore doesn't need a translation. You got it. I told you I can get away with uh, talking in Sanskrit the rest of the time. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> if you say that karma binds and knowledge frees, why are you asking me to do this terrible karma? <laughs> Which has made me freeze instead of made me free. 
through third chapter fifth chapter same thing again same question now he dresses it up a little bit he's wearing a frock you know <laughs> so tell me about sanyasa <laughs> you know if the whole point is to give everything up why do i have to do this why do i have to fight why can't i just you know kurukshetra which is on the outskirts of delhi and haridwar where half the people are in orange is not very far i can go there sit under a tree that's what i want he didn't want that for the last 12 years when he could have wanted that he was sitting in a forest chafing at the bit to get to duryodhana and slay him he was so bloodthirsty and his wife draupadi was even more bloodthirsty than him literally because she had been uh, you know desic her reputation has been desecrated in this big sabha in this big assembly she had been dragged by duryodhana's brother dushasana please understand nobody names their children dushasana badly behaved you know his name must have been sushasana but because of his behavior it became dushasana <laughs> similarly duryodhana must have been suyodhana and it has changed in keeping in accordance with their uh, demeanors and behaviors sushasana was never sushasana unless of course the parents were really prophetic <laughs> you are just bad news you know maybe they saw it at birth we don't know so Duryodhana's brother Dushasana had dragged her by the hair and uh, you know and Duryodhana had touched his lap and in sign language and said come and sit here so she had not forgotten those insults so she said i'm not going to comb my hair unless i i have the oil infused with their blood <laughs> literally <laughs> that's how i'm going to dress my hair and until then i'm not going to comb my hair so she just grew dreadlocks for 12 years in the forest so these are the people they didn't want this knowledge they were kshatriyas they were fighters warriors they were doing what they were wanting to do so you know suddenly for him to want this knowledge is suspicious at best <laughs> not just this knowledge knowledge he can want but suddenly for him to take want this lifestyle which is leaving everything and going into the forest is suspicious because he was already in the forest and he came across so many mahapurushas so many mahatmas he could have said you know and if he had told krishna i don't want to fight i just want this knowledge nobody would have said come back and fight so this is what was suspicious so the whole of chapter 5 go 5 goes by because he's you know constantly asking this question why can't i become a renunciate from this war not in my lifestyle but from this war right now <laughs> and in order to let go of this war if the only way to overcome this is to become a renunciate let me do that so then the fifth chapter goes by sixth chapter goes by 
सेवन चैप्टर गोज बाय यू नो एट चैप्टर नाइन चैप्टर टेंथ चैप्टर इलेवन चैप्टर गोज बाय ट्वेल्थ चैप्टर सेम क्वेश्चन कम्स बैक अगेन सेम क्वेश्चन now in addition to a frock it's wearing overalls <laughs> that's all it is it's getting a little more dressed up that's what it is tesham ke yoga vittamaha people relate to you in different ways oh arjuna oh krishna arjuna says evam satata yukta e bhakta stvam parupasati so many bhaktas are there which bhaktas are better which bhaktas are better see the comparison is already there those who see you as formless or those who worship forms who is better krishna is not going to fall into that trap so as a result the 12th chapter is extremely confusing if you don't read it from the um, with the eyes of the pramana and vedanta really you can go away thinking wrong things in the question even after so many chapters of teaching has not gone because it's back in the 12th chapter again even in the 18th chapter it is back tell me about tyaga how to leave things <laughs> or do you want to leave this war of course <laughs> so from that we can take heart if we if we are all having the same question it's a good sign you know we are following in the footsteps of arjuna which is nice <laughs> so that same question means the same samshaya and that same samshaya if it is there year after year after year it indicates that there is a pattern out of which the same kinds of questions are arising there is something we have to see the well spring you know that which is feeding this question has to be looked at so this is mananam asking questions part a of mananam part b of mananam is to is to allow one self to ask the questions Uh, in the light of whatever one has studied and the answer does come and so meditating upon the upanishads how come it's like this here and like that there and sort of you know using the brains but in keeping anukula in keeping with the shruti yukti logic is used shruti anukula yukti yukti means logic shruti means the teachings shruti anukula yukti a yukti a logic that proceeds in accordance with what i have studied not a logic that defies what i have studied because there is a problem there if it does that then you are better off asking questions so this is called mananam atma vai are mantavyah mananam 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 mentation 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 and then what still the promise of the upanishads 
seems to be a promise out there somewhere hanging in the ether self knowledge and the fruits of self knowledge at least in this lifetime may not be for me <laughs> this is the wise person talking <laughs> wise end up to the fact this is a wise person because the, the, you know even underneath that the 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 current of lament is is a truth there is a truth what is the truth i'm not enjoying what the upanishad says i should be enjoying by now the last i checked it has been more than nine classes that i have attended so <laughs> there should be something kuch na kuch it should be there and i'm not enjoying that and what is wrong with me what is wrong with this something is wrong so underneath the lament is a wise you know observation if one is able to make it something is not right आत्मा वै अरे निधिध्यासनम लॉन्ग वर्ड फॉर कॉन्टम्प्लेशन सो दी टेक्निकली the samshaya the, the the samshaya means what doubts the doubts are based are twofold in nature they say pramanagata samshaya and prameyagata samshaya pramanagata samshaya means doubts with regard to the means of knowledge how can this free me ha huh. why not some other way why not i touch the nose and become enlightened you know to the fact that i have a nose no <laughs> why can't i touch the nose and know i am sachidananda why can't i touch the toes you know either mine or the guru's and know <laughs> or and know that i am sachidananda that i'm free of all afflictions and all kinds of things this is what these are examples of pramanagata samshaya why i have to have a teacher why i have to study this why a committed exposure why this why 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 you know this is questioning the pramana how come it works why does it work how come it's not worked for me and that means it is not there this is pramanagata samshaya what if the teacher is you know mistaken what if the teacher is not teaching me properly what if the teacher's personal life is horrible and then they are trying to teach this how will i learn <laughs> this is all pramanagata samshaya and the second kind of doubt is what is called prameyagata samshaya which mananam should address prameya means you know that which the pramana reveals is prameya so what is prameya what does the pramana reveal self as what ishvara ah. so prameya that which is to be known is ishvara 
ಸೊ ಪ್ರಮೇಯಗತ ಸಂಶಯ ಈಶ್ವರ ಅಶ್ಮೀಶ್ವರ ವೇದಾಂತ ಅಶ್ಮೇದಾಂತ ವೇರ್ ಇಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಈಶ್ವರ ಬಿಗ್ ಡೀಲ್ ಯುನೋ ಸೋ ಮೆನಿ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಗೋ ವಿತೌಟ್ ನೋಯಿಂಗ್ ದಿಸ್ ಈಶ್ವರ ವಾಟ್ ಸೋ ವಾಟ್ ಯುನೋ ಇಫ್ ಐ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಡೋಂಟ್ ನೋ ಸೋ ವಾಟ್ ವೈ and then on top of that i am this ishwara why should i why should i know this ishwara i know i know myself enough today ishwara is mad today ishwara is sad enough <laughs> and so this is what is called prameyagata samshaya and this is what mananam the second line of uh, remedy when shravanam not doesn't work when shravanam is not sufficient should take care of these two kinds of uh, samshayas if that doesn't happen then the place where those samshayas are arising from have to be looked at and that looking deeply into the source of those patterns which are churning out these kinds of feelings i am not worthy of this knowledge what ishvara how can i be this ishvara and what is this you know who is this teacher why this way why all this that has to be deeply looked at loved up and integrated and that is the real meaning of nididhyasanam aka ವಿಪರೀತ ಭಾವನಾ ನಿವೃತ್ತಿ ವಿಪರೀತ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಆಪೋಸಿಟ್ ಭಾವನಾ ಫೀಲಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪೀರಿಯನ್ಸಸ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪೀರಿಯನ್ಸಸ್ ಫೀಲಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಥಾಟ್ ಪ್ಯಾಟರ್ನ್ಸ್ ದಟ್ ಆರ್ ಆಪೋಸಿಟ್ ಟು ವಾಟ್ ಏನೋ ಆಪೋಸಿಟ್ ಟು ದ ಟೀಚಿಂಗ್ಸ್ completely opposed to the teachings my feelings are the teaching is saying you are the whole there is nothing more you need and you are fine and everything is fine but i feel unfine <laughs> or unrefined <laughs> and i feel like an idiot and i feel like you know i don't deserve this knowledge no wonder the knowledge is not talking to me because you know it's just all nice in the books and nice to listen to once in a while but that's the extent of my engagement with this knowledge somehow you know uh, to put it in english one finds that one has plateaued ha mm-hmm. ah. plateaued means flat line <laughs> plateau <laughs> you know in the beginning the vedanta classes are woohoo yeah yippee <laughs> i am brahman and while saying that one gets a catch <laughs> on the side i am brahman <laughs> so in the beginning there's a lot of you know activity and then after that there seems to be a flat line plateaued <laughs> nothing is exciting life is boring you know boredom is really not an emotion you know it it is a it is a um, indicator of certain emotions being buried which should not be which should be looked at so but what one has access to is only this 
long, endless boredom, which one confuses for a feeling. And this boredom means like there is a certain kind of an apathy. Apathy towards life, apathy towards, of course, the Shastra, apathy towards the family, apathy towards the work, you know. Nothing is exciting, nothing is interesting. And then there is a notice that comes in the email, some Vedanta classes will be there. <laughs> because one has already decided, what can that do for me? Nothing. Why should I go? Why should I make the effort to go? Because what's the point? What is the point? Nothing will happen. Because I've already studied, been there, done that. And then I've studied also the sixth chapter of the Gita, which suggests that I have been there and done that in other ways, <laughs> in other lives. <laughs> oh my God, how depressing. <laughs> if I haven't got it in the last three lives, what's the guarantee I'll get it now? So forget it. Why even attempt? You know? The teacher you see coming, you duck under a bush. <laughs> Hold the breath for good measure. <laughs> you love the teacher, of course. But there is such a deep sense of disappointment, you know, mixed in with the salad dressing of shame that you just cannot face it. You know, can't face yourself. And the facing the teacher is facing yourself, really. The teacher is a walking, talking mirror. So, on a bad hair day, you don't want to look, <laughs> look in the mirror. <laughs> Nobody does. You know? And then, you know, when one is uncombed, unraveled, <laughs> nididhyasana wise speaking, because of the source of these doubts, are not addressed then one cannot encounter the teacher or the Shastra. Both the Shastra is a mirror, the teacher is a mirror, both are mirrors. What do we do now? You know, this is a very big impasse. And this is not something that is, you know, touched upon deeply in the Upanishad. Because the Upanishad gives a lot of leeway to address this issue for ourselves. And the Upanishad is a lady of few words which have to be understood. She just gives a sign and we have to understand that and unpack that. And in India, ancient India, when we read the Bhashyas, the, the Vartikas, various kinds of commentaries to the Bhagavad Gita, etc. You know, they talk about Ragadveshas, they talk about it only to a certain extent. Mandukya Karika addresses it a little bit. Addresses things that come in the way of listening, things that come in the way of meditation. But again, it's in the matter of four lines in a verse. That's why we are very, very, very fortunate that, you know, Pujya Swamiji's teachings went deeply into the emotional realm from the standpoint of modern psychology so that we can 
use the Upanishad, the wisdom of the Upanishad in the light of this modern psychology and understand it fully as it relates to one's life so that one can make progress, one can come out of this impasse very very fortunate I can't tell you what a big blessing it is and he himself understood this blessing because in teaching one time you know he was giving a talk on the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita and what he liked to call Ragadvesha psychology and he said I haven't done too badly have I <laughs> I have done good he said and he said, hmm, if Adi Shankara were to manifest right now, right here, I think he would pat me on the back and say, good boy. <laughs> it was so beautiful. It was said without a wit of pride. It was just a fact. It is really a fact. That he has furthered this sampradaya the parampara, that's why the parampara is so important. The parampara has thrived under him and under his able hands and way of teaching this, the parampara has not just thrived, has added a, you know, added a new way of looking at, at things. And... Uh, it has just blossomed, really, and changed the trajectory of this teaching, really. Because I have gone to, you know, so many places. He would send us. When I was in Rishikesh, he would say, you know, don't just sit in my class. Let me tell you a few other teachers that you can just go and sit. He would make us go. Go to Kailas Ashram today. Go sit there and, uh, and you know, we could barely sit there. And we would come running back. I mean, not that they were teaching badly, they were teaching the same things, but that there was something there which Pujya Swamiji made it alive and relevant. That's the whole point. That relevance to one's life was not there. It was a stock teaching. You know? completely in keeping with the Shastra, authentic stock and ancient teaching, but there was not that adaptability to one's, you know, situation. So what is it that, that does not allow the mentation to take place and the mentation or the questioning to go deeply and to address the Pramanagata Samshaya and the Prameya Gata Samshayas, these doubts centered on either the Pramana or the means of knowledge or Ishvara, what is to be understood as the truth of oneself. That is what has to be examined. And that is a deeper, uh, what is that called? A deeper inquiry. And literally it's a self-inquiry <laughs> because it's an inquiry into that which I have assumed to be the Self. Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamadachate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyate 
ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಹರಿ ಓಂ